Hi, welcome to the Vandells Podcast. I'm Duke, your host, and we're going to talk about all things Vandells, past, present, and future. Hey, welcome to the podcast today. Um, we have a few things we want to update you on um, before we get into the podcast. And we've got some uh, new dates that we uh, can announce today. Uh, we're going to be at the uh, Crockett Theater in uh, Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. And do you have the date in front of you, Casey? It is. I did just have it. Where is it? Um, is it March 27th, something like that? It is March 26th, Saturday, 26th. March 26th. Okay. And we believe the show's at 7 o'clock, but always check the venue. Uh, in fact, with any date, always check the venue just to make sure the show times are right because they can change on us from time to time. Yeah. So uh, tickets are supposed to be available now. I don't think it's up on their website yet, but uh, tick, uh, I think if you call them, you might be able to get tickets. But uh, uh, I got confirmation from the buyer that the date's going to happen. So be looking for that information to come up if it's not there yet. So we hope to see you there. And then also in April, and is that April 18th? Uh, Next day? Let me see. Okay. I don't have my schedule in front of me. I'm on the road. I'm up visiting family. And it's two degrees up here right now as I speak as we speak. Yeah. It is it is April 18th. April 18th, we're going to be at the Derby Dinner Theater again in uh, Clarksville, Indiana. So get your tickets for that. And uh, we'd love to see you there. So we're looking forward to those two shows coming up. Um, you know, I don't know if I like this one month. One one show a month, bit right, right. But unfortunately, it's kind of out of our hands. So. Yeah. So uh, come and check us out uh, at those two dates. So today we're going to have a, a a little bit kind of a different episode. We're going to do a, actually reissue an episode that we had done earlier on uh, January eighteenth. We learned of the passing of uh, Richard Brake, who in the Vando world everybody knew him as Butch Wax. He was our bass player, and he was uh, very instrumental in putting the, the band together that you all came to know in the uh, late 70s uh, with Smitty, Fingers, Daddy-O, uh, uh, Boomer, uh, who did I meant? X. And I, know, I know I'm leaving somebody out. Smitty, Jake. Jake. Smitty Fingers? Yeah, you said Smitty, you're missing Jake. Jake, okay. And uh, he got most of those guys. He didn't get all of those guys, but he found them the nucleus, and uh, and kind of helped set uh, set the pace for the Vandells for uh, you know <laughs> all the years that followed. Yeah. And uh, so uh, you know we Butch uh, was very dear to our hearts for that reason, but Butch was a great person even on top of that. So um, you know he he loved music and and he was. He was a musician at heart. Yeah. And he, he loved the Vandells. There was never anything other than, you know, just glowing reviews about his time in the band. Yeah. And well, he, you know, he kept his sweater. Yeah. He had that original hat that he, that he started wearing. And whenever he came back to a reunion, he wore that. Yeah. And he looked just like Butch Wax from the day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and he was excited about doing everything, and he was just so gung ho with everything. 
that uh, you know we're we're gonna gonna miss him. And fortunately, we were able to get a podcast with him. Yeah. Uh, and one thing interesting about that is uh, he didn't want to do the podcast. Right. He didn't really quite understand the concept. I don't think he was online or did any of that kind of stuff. So he didn't know what was going to go on. And he wanted to make sure it wasn't on video, you know. And then after he thought about it, because he, he told me no first. Yeah. And then he, then he changed his mind. You know, or I, he didn't change his mind. I called him again and pushed him on it to see if we could do it. Because we were going to be down in Florida doing a bunch of them anyway. Yeah. And it would be great, you know, to, to add him to the list. Yeah, it was it was almost exactly a year ago that we were doing that. Was it really? Yeah. Oh yes, it was in January, wasn't it? Yep. Or was it Fe- or was it February? No, it was January. It was in January. It was the end of January. Okay. So, but anyway, I talked to him, and he, he when he realized that it wasn't going to be on video, he he kind of reluctantly said, "Well, okay, but you know, what am I going to say? You know, who who wants to hear anything from me?" Yeah. And uh, we, so we convinced him to do it. We we went up and met with him. And unfortunately, it wasn't the most ideal situation for us because we were limited on time. Yeah. Um, where we were able to do the podcast, we were on the road. So we didn't have a place we could have him come to and do it at our leisure. Butch found a place for us to do it at his uh, where he was living. And uh, so we had like maybe an hour or a little bit more yeah. to get the podcast in. And we had sound issues at the beginning of it, yeah. which hindered it. So we couldn't get started when we wanted to. And uh, so then we finally, finally got into it. And once we got into it, you know, he, he started talking and, and, you know, enjoyed doing it. And afterwards he called me and uh, he said, you know, that was, that was fun. He said, I, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Right. And he thought of a bunch of other stories that he said, you know, he could have told. Yeah. And it, it's funny how that happens after when we're there doing it, you don't remember everything. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, it pops into your head. Oh, I should have said this. I should have said that. I think that's probably happened with everybody. Yeah. But Butch actually called me though, to tell me that. And, uh, I just thought that was, that was interesting that, uh, and after doing it, he was he was glad he did. Yeah. Well, and with Butch too, we uh, we forgot to get a picture with him. Yes. And so we got what 15, 20 minutes down the road, and then uh-huh. and it popped in my head. I said, Casey, we forgot to get a picture. So yeah. we called him, didn't we? Yeah, we called him and we, we turned around and went back. <laughs> yeah, we said, Are you going to be there for a little bit longer? We got to come back. I got to get a picture, and I am so glad I did. Yeah. Oh, that. I am just so glad that that happened, but it was, we had a good time and, uh, you know, there's one thing we forgot to, uh, to mention too. Uh, I, uh, when I emailed the guys, uh, to inform them what happened, uh, some of the guys got back to me and, and Myron got back to me, uh, because, uh, there was a discrepancy in something that he said, or something was misunderstood, not a discrepancy, Yeah. but something was misunderstood that, that Butch didn't understand that, that he felt really bad that he was never able to talk to Butch to, uh, to get it cleared up. Cause there was a, an incident in there, a, a story that Butch told about a car that was stolen and, uh, and Myron was ribbing with him about it. 
and Butch misunderstood that it was just he was just joking. It wasn't something that, you know, he thought really happened. It was serious. So he just kind of wanted to clear that up. Yeah. And we hope you enjoy today's episode in memory of uh, uh, Richard Brake, our good buddy, Butch Wax. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vandells. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious about, you know, that you've been waiting to get me. I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Like I'm nobody special, you know. You are to me. Yeah, I appreciate that, dude. <laughs> I admire what you've done with this thing, man. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, really. Uh, I remember when you were a 22-year-old kid, you know? It, uh, since the band split, you just kept going. You know? Uh, it's, I had a lot of help along the way. The, uh, you think about the split, I mean, I just want to... Uh, uh, we'll just start talking about it and just wherever it goes. Well, I mean, the main thing was that all them guys wanted me out of the band. And you guys and Babe didn't want me out of the band. And they yeah. basically said, well, it's either him or us. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's how it was, right? Yeah, that's that's how I remember. Yeah, and that's, that's good stuff to talk about. That's yeah, We were on a break. We lose that hepatitis. We were on a break. The band was in Jacksonville, and Myron fired me. He said, since you're home, I'll just go ahead and fire you. We're going to replace you. Yeah. You called us? Yeah, I called you I, I called Moose. Moose said, no, no, you ain't fired. I said, well, Myron says I'm fired. You're not fired. Okay. Yeah. The, so those those will be interest, interesting things to... And I'll tell you another thing. When the split took place, that gave Babe an opportunity to have a partnership with the other three guys of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the four of y'all. The four of y'all. No, that was before Chumley, right? No, Chumley was there. He was there. Yeah. So when that happened, that gave Babe an opportunity. Now I have total control of everything. Me and, and the singers are going to form a partnership. Well, Babe had already done that. Oh, uh, had he? Yeah, and because that's why, the, that's why the split happened. Everybody else in the band was like, you know, slide in. What you can ask him right there, that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Do you make as much as your lead singer does? Oh, God, no. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> that's what it is. I don't make as much as he does. <laughs> He's doing more work than me, too. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes, you know. But, no, baby, baby but pulled time, us aside prior to that. At that time, Myron and them, no, no. We, we want a 10-way equal split. We are a 10-piece band. We want a 10-way equal split. They, no, no. Yeah, Babe wasn't going for that shit. So. Yeah, that, that's how it all started. And then Babe pulled us aside and said, okay, I'm only dealing with you four singers. So did you know that? Yeah. I, did you know that that was going to happen before Myron fired me? No, I, well, it was already happened. We'd already told the band that, that uh, Babe had already told the band that, that the front was running things. That's when it became a front band thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, which I always hated that designation, but that's basically what it was. Then Babel only wanted to talk to one person, and he was going to talk to Doug, because he Doug was still with us, and uh, and uh, that's so when we had that meeting, and and that was prior to Steve getting hepatitis. That's when we went to Lakeland, and you, everybody else went back to Jacksonville, and then that's when we got the call a couple of days later 
that, that they said you were gone. Well, that we were running things at that point. Babe told us we needed to be running it. And uh, so that's when we said, well, you know, Butch isn't, we don't want Butch to go. Man, I'm so humbled by that, you know? Yeah, you were. Yeah, you, you, we wanted, we were sticking with you. You know, I asked me, can you put a band together? Yeah, probably. How long would it take? Maybe about a week or so. Get on it now. Million fingers out of Dead Hogan's band. I talked to them to see if they want to do it, and everything was like all yeses. So uh-huh. I just kind of fell together, you know. When one person said, No, I don't want to do that, you know. Yeah. And Babe had already gotten Tex and Jake the Snake up in Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah, as you pulled Tex out of the executives. Right. Well, now that puts me a little more. It is about the split, then, since you told me what you told me. Yeah, Myron and I talked about it, which was it was nice. We talked about the lawsuit and all that stuff, and, and uh, it was it was a cordial conversation. You know, he doesn't he doesn't hold he doesn't doesn't maybe not fully understand exactly what happened, but he's not holding any grudges either. Is him and he's Mike come Neal? back to see us a couple times. Is him and Mike Neal and Wayne Odom all the three of them still up in Nashville? Uh, I'm not sure where Wayne is. Wayne's You know, and Ed Zapp passed away. I heard that. Where did I hear that from? I heard that from Mike Bourne, I think, when I went out to see him. Well, Mike said the way he got the Vandell job was uh, they were playing at the Toy Tiger. And Ed Zapp was a sound man, and he was in the other room doing sound for somebody else or something. And Ed Zapp said, I'm having a problem. I said, can you come in and give me a hand? And Mike just said, oh, sure, but just here, there, 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 you know. And, mm-hmm. He told me that's kind of how uh, what led to his job, you know. Uh, but uh, man, I had the greatest time of my life in the band does. I've been in two professional organizations, the Marines and the Mandels. Wow, that's pretty strong. <laughs> that's pretty strong. That's a, well for us, I, you know. But a Mandels kind of like the Marines. When we stepped on that stage, anywhere, anytime, we were on a mission. Yeah. And our mission was to knock in people out of their seats. You know? And we did it, and uh-huh. we did it well. But the fans, the greatest fans on earth has got to be the Van Bell fans. So we've got some good fans. I'm telling you. Okay, welcome to the podcast today. Uh, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate uh, everybody following us like they have. And uh, through Patreon, we've been able to travel. And today we have, have another guest while we're down in Florida. We're going to talk today with Richard Brake, but he's known to all the Vandell fans as Butch Wax. So how you doing, Butch? It's good hey, to see I'm you. I'm doing great, Duke. How you guys doing? We're doing real good. We're, yeah. we're having a good time. We thought we'd be coming down to warm weather here in Florida, but it's cold again. Hey, welcome to Florida in the wintertime. <laughs> So it's uh, uh, you. How long you were with the Vandells? Did you start in seventy four or seventy five? Seventy four. Seventy four is when you started. Seventy four through seventy nine eighty. To seventy nine eighty somewhere. Okay, I was wondering. I couldn't remember for sure how long you were with us, and uh, uh, 
Were you originally from Jacksonville? I moved here when I was 17 years old. I, I grew up in Portsmouth, Virginia. Uh-huh. And my stepfather was in the Navy, and we moved to Florida when I was 17. So Jacksonville is basically home for me. Okay. Did you? So where did you go to school? Where were you? Uh, I went to Fletcher High School, Jacksonville Beach, and I went two years of college, Florida Junior College. Okay. In fact, I dropped out of my second year of college to join the Vandells. Okay. <laughs> that's the truth. Wow, that's scary. That, that is the truth. <laughs> uh, so you have you always played bass? Is that uh, did you learn any other instruments? Or? I started out playing guitar, and I started playing bass like about maybe twenty, twenty-one. Uh huh. You know. So were you in in bands and stuff then growing up? Oh yeah, I've been in teenage bands playing teen clubs, uh, naval bases. Knife and gun bars downtown Jacksonville here. <laughs> I've done it all, man. Well, how uh, how did you run across the Vandells, or how did they run across you? How did, how did that meeting happen? Because well, I told you I was going to school, and I was working at a music store part time, and I had seen the Vandells one time before, and they came in the store that day to buy strings, reeds, whatever you know. It would have been Myron and the Vandells back then. Yeah, yeah. Myron and the Vandells. And they uh, asked me, they said, you don't know where we could find a good bass player in this town, do you? I said, our bass player is leaving, and we want to replace him. And I thought, hmm, I kind of play a little bit of bass myself, you know. <laughs> so we went back in the music room and jammed a couple of tunes and a little bit, and they said, can you come in for an audition this afternoon? And I said, sure. So I went to the audition. And I got the job, and then I went home and told my wife, <laughs> I'm quitting school, and I'm going on the road with the Vandells. <laughs> I didn't ask her. I just kind of told her. <laughs> I bet that didn't go over too well. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wasn't going to miss an opportunity like that. Yeah. Had you heard of the Vandells prior to them coming in? Had you seen, seen, you seen the show? I'd you seen said it. you saw it once? I saw it once at the Foxfire. You know, I thought y'all were uh, Thought y'all were pretty good, man. You you know you had uh, something unique there. Uh-huh. You know, so I guess Bill Gaines was with us at that point. Yes, and then he, when he left, that's when you when you came in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because because uh, when I got in, uh, I can't remember. I don't think it was. I think it was Denny. Was the I can't think of his last name. Terry Zokowski and Denny. I can't remember two, three of the three of the guys left when I came in, mm-hmm. and so um, I know while Bill was there yeah. when I joined, and then then you came in shortly after that. So how different was it being with the Vandells then for you compared to some of the other groups you were in? Well, all the other bands I was in just like cover bands, you know, rock and roll bands, you know, but the Vandells uh, wasn't just a band. Uh, uh, the Vandells was a musical play. And that's had, a nice way to put it. Well, yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was a musical play, and you had themes to it. First show, the grease. Second show, the hop. Third show, glitter and gold. I mean, it, it just wasn't a band. It was a musical play, uh-huh. and everybody in it was just outstanding. 
Well, you were with us when uh, when we finally had to start doing show, because uh, in those early days, I don't think. Well, actually, we were we were already doing the show at the point at that point. I guess I'm, I'm getting confused on my timeline because it was early '74 is when we became a show band. Show band. So we were already a show band by the time. Yeah. By the time you came in, um, and we pretty much traveled Florida. Uh, I think we went up to uh, Louisville, played Cincinnati. And I think we had a run in the East Coast a little bit too, up in Boston. In fact, you reminded me of a story just a little bit ago uh, about getting uh, the cars getting broken into up in Boston. Yeah. And your car was got hit as well, you said? Well, they didn't damage my car. They just somehow jiggled the lock and got my credit card out of the glove box. All I had to do was cancel my credit card. Yeah, but several yours- of us weren't that lucky. Yours, you found yours on the center box. Yeah, they they had took mine away from me, and uh, I remember that. Mm. And uh, in fact, we were talking to Fingers and Smitty yesterday. You must have had twenty thousand dollars in that van. It was it was pretty good. It wasn't quite that much, I don't think, but it was that much in equal dollars. You know what? Yeah. Because because uh, Steve had got us all into customizing them, and so that's what we did. I had my it all customized, and uh, yeah, they they took took everything from me. Mm. Well, my, even that though, though I was upset more because they took all the tapes I had. Yeah. We had a bunch of board recordings, yeah, and things that we just we just lost because because uh, they took them and they meant nothing to to whoever took them. Right. Uh, I found some of the cassettes were still in the van when I got it back, but uh, but but that hurt, you know, losing that. So one thing. Uh, that uh, in those early early years we were still forming the show. There was a lot of rehearsals. Well, to, to you, what were the rehearsals like for you? Because uh, everybody has got a different view on how our rehearsals were. Do, do you remember? Because we used to rehearse five days a week. Well, we pretty much get the uh, the music, the songs is. Close to the original, so we could get them, and you, you know, you say y'all did the same with the vocals. I mean, we worked hard, you know. The Mandels was was so much fun, but there was a lot of work behind the scenes, you know. Yeah, to make it fun, it took yeah. work. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I think the rehearsals went good, you know. Yeah, I know some some people. Uh, I think Daddyo described it as being intense. Is how, how he. Uh, talked about the rehearsals that because we were unless the music was perfect and the choreography was perfect and the vocals were perfect mm-hmm. it never made it to show right we had we made sure that that was that was there yeah well uh, for a short time we were Myron and the Vandells and then we had a, a time when Steve got sick and uh, and some changes were being made with the way the, the band was being run. And we came to the point where we had to part ways with Myron, and we became the Vandells. And you were pretty instrumental in getting the Vandells to the way people knew them today, even. You know, that first group of the Vandells, you know, after Myron, you pretty much put that band together. Yeah, well, I had some good good guys, some good players that I had played with before, and... They all wanted to do it, and I knew they could play good, so we just took a shot at it, you know, give it our best, you know. What did you know, Smitty and Fingers prior? Because you had mentioned uh, earlier that uh, Smitty and uh, Fingers they, had played in a band called 
uh, Hogan's Heroes, which uh-huh. was out of Orlando. And they were like a top 40 band, but one set, they did a complete grease set, a 50s rock and roll. Uh-huh. And so I'd seen them. In fact, Babe was in town, and we took Babe to see him. That's when we were putting the new, the, the new band together. Yeah, and Babe was our agent. And Babe, Babe looked at them finger, Fingers and Smitty. He says, I want them guys right there, them two guys. I want them. I said, well, Babe and guys are already playing in the band. I don't care what they're doing. I want them and get them. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, y'all want to play Vandales? <laughs> if you do, you got to give you band leader of week's notice tonight (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize it happened that fast that fast yeah yeah they went from there and then we all went to lake winoka in cincinnati you remember that yeah that's 14 hours a day rehearsing well then you did you knew uh did you know daddy oh oh yeah me and him yeah bill and i had played together in some top 40 bands around jacksonville here you know uh-huh. And played together you know, several years. When I say that, maybe five, six years. But didn't you also find Boomer, too, Keith Holmes? Yeah. Keith and I played in a couple bands together, too, you know. And Keith was a monster horn player. Keith played with Lou Rawls. Yeah. He was a monster horn player. And I asked him if he wanted to do it. And, you know, everybody I asked, you know, sure, I'll do it. You know, I just looked out getting them guys, you know. Yeah. And then we found Tex and... Uh, yeah, I, I don't know Keith Jay. at all, but every everybody that's talked about him just says how great of a horn player he was. Keith and, Holmes? Yeah. Yes. He was a monster horn player. I mean, a monster horn player. Yeah, I've reached out to him trying to find him. And it could be, you know, I wish I could uh, track him down. If anybody listening happens to know who Keith Holmes is, uh, he was originally from Jacksonville, you know, if they could. If they track him down, give him our information. I'd love you to make contact with him. The rehearsals earlier, we take the rhythm section and the singers, and I look at Keith, and I Keith, take the horns and go back there and put something together to fit the songs. That's all I had to tell him. Yeah. You know? Well, I had learned, I didn't realize this at the time, and I've talked to everybody about it, so a lot of fans have heard this before. But um, from what I understand, Babe had told the band, if you don't move... And do choreography, I'll replace you. That's right. So it's and uh, so that's why there was so much choreography and stuff going on behind us, which made the whole stuff. package a show. I did stuff that I didn't know I could do. I mean, I can't do all that stuff and play. What you crazy? I can't jump around and do that stuff and play at the same time. I learned how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what was it like traveling for you on the road? Oh, it was because we all all drove separate cars. Yeah, all drove separate cars. We were too big for a bus, you know. Plus, had wives and dogs and cats and parakeets or whatever else they traveled with. You well, know? as much as we were on the road, too, it made sense for everybody to drive yeah. because staying two and three weeks at a time, you wanted to be able to do things you wanted to do. Well, it was fun. I mean, I I went places I'd never been before, and uh, the fans in every town we played, they were just unbelievable. Man, they just phew, going crazy. Yeah, you know. Well, our fan base has been been wonderful. Mm. Uh, a lot of us because not just the singers would go out and talk to the fans, but the band would too. Yeah, you guys would always go out and talk to people and mingle and got to know people as as well as we did. I'd be standing on stage playing, you know, and looking at the audience. I say, 
are you kidding me? These people are going crazy, man. It was like that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a special a special time. Uh, you were telling a story before we were able to get the, the recorder started. I hate that we couldn't get it right away because we had a little mini conversation prior, so I'm trying to catch up on some of that. And you had talked about uh, we were doing a recording. Was that at the Beverly Hills? Yes. And, and you needed to borrow somebody's car? <laughs> yeah. Mike Neal and I had to go back to the hotel to get our clothes. We thought we was going to have time to go from rehearsal to the hotel, but we didn't. So him and I were on them once they had to go back. So the guy doing the recording says, here, you can just take my car. He had a real nice 60-some model Cadillac convertible. So, okay, thank you. So we jump in his car, go back to the hotel, grab our clothes real quick, coming back out, get in the car, heading back to the hills. The water pump goes out on that car. On I-75. So we pull over. State trooper pulls up. We explain to him, we have got to get to the Beverly Hills. We are a band. We're doing a live recording. Can you please help us? So he took us down to the exit, and we called Chumley, and he came and got us. And told the guy what happened to his car. He said, don't worry about it. We just do this recording. Don't worry about the car. So that night, we went looking for the car. We couldn't find it. The next day, looked all day for the man's car. We couldn't find it. Called every towing company in Cincinnati. They didn't have it. Well, come to find out, that man thought that I had stole his car <laughs> and wanted me to pay him the value of the car cash money. Uh, dude, look, <laughs> I didn't steal your car, okay? But come to find out, we went to court over that. Babe got me a lawyer, and we went to court, and come to find out that that guy had called Dayton, Ohio, and had a tow truck driver go get his car off the interstate and didn't say nothing about it. Whoa. To this day, Myron Stillman thinks that I stole that man's car. <laughs> <laughs> Myron, I did not steal this man's car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But that's a true story. That was pretty stressful that night of trying to uh, record live for two nights with no sleep and worrying about a damn car. Yeah. And that was, had you been, in, had you recorded before uh, with any of the groups you were with? Just some small stuff, you know, yeah. nothing big, you know, nothing major like the Nandales. Because that, that was a, a major undertaking to record live at the, at the Beverly Hills. Yeah. On that record, was that just one night recording or did you guys do multiple nights we did two nights we did friday yeah. night and a saturday night and uh live yeah. take what you get and what you lay down that's it yeah yeah i don't remember going in with that album and mixing like we did like we've done everyone since yeah where you would sit down uh i'm sure everything was on separate tracks but I don't. I don't remember going in. I don't know if somebody else did it. Spider might have had more. Doug Manley might have had more to do with that hands-on on that one because I was still fairly new to the group because that was in '75. At least the album came out in '75. We may. But have you guys didn't go in and touch anything up or anything I don't, like that. I don't remember doing that. Going in and touching. I think, like Butch said, what we got, that's what we got. Yeah. Now, I know when we did the exit in one, we touched that up a little bit. 
And uh, we also did uh, with the Grand Victoria. Yeah. Uh, the video. I know we touched touched that up. But, uh, well, uh, from traveling with the Vandals, I'm sure you've got, there's probably a lot of hidden stories in there that, uh, were there any venues that stood out to you from, uh, from the, our time traveling and stuff that. And Beverly Hills is pretty impressive, you know? Yeah. I guess the one that pleases me the most was when we did, uh, the Beverly Hills, uh, Benefit in yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. And there was us and a lot of famous stars playing and everything. I think like about 10,000 people. So the benefit, all them people that died in that hills, uh, that could have very well been us. Well, we were scheduled being there the very next week. I know it. Yeah. But we had been there before, and that could have very easily just been us. Yeah. You know? So, uh yeah, that's kind of a scary, yeah. scary thought there. Yeah, it is. But uh, I probably enjoyed that gig uh, a whole lot. Actually, it wasn't really a gig that I played. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. You know, the worst job I ever played was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, somebody had asked me that uh, uh, several years ago, too. And, and there were, uh, for a lot of different reasons, I liked a lot of different places. Sometimes you might be in a small club, but the crowds were really good. And so if you had a good crowd, it didn't matter how many people were in the audience. John, John Bolly Torrens, Ringing Bell, Little Rock. Yes. That's the hottest crowd I ever played for. And that was a tiny room. That wasn't a very big room at all. Maybe 150, 200 the most. Then and it was, it was upstairs. It was, we were upstairs. talking about it the other day that it's uh, one of the hardest load-ins. Let me tell you what, talking about the hardest load in, me and Mike Bourne, the two smallest guys in the band, was carrying fingers, organ, into the place, kind of steps kind of curved around, uh-huh. so couldn't get it up that way. So we had to take it outside and take it the upstairs outside. Yes. So me and Mike grabbed that organ, carrying it up the stairs. We get up there, and we're huffing and puffing, and then the organ would not fit through the door. <laughs> so no. we had to carry the organ back down the stairs, take the door off, carry the organ back upstairs, and then to the club. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He, did, he when we talked to him, he didn't tell us that story. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but he said that after we left, he said, "I know I'm going to think of a lot of things that," uh, uh, and that tends to happen too. After Casey and I leave, I'm going to say, "Oh, I wish I asked Butch this. I yeah. wish I would have asked him that." Yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, we, we kind of have to thank you for for helping get us in the position that we were in to keep this thing going because uh, the split was pretty traumatic for us. And, uh, and for it to come transition back together, and we lived in an A-frame house right. rehearsing. Yeah. We had a cook and a choreographer, mm-hmm. and the cook was the choreographer. Millie. Millie, yes. Black, black lady from Chicago. And uh, and she taught us a, a lot of things. She actually did the platters medley for yep. us. But uh, but she took care of us. She, I think she even helped keep the house clean for yeah, us. Yeah, she did. She was a good lady. So uh, so the only only girl with all these guys, and she took care of us. And I don't know where Babe put her because I don't I don't remember her staying at the house. I don't remember. I, I I don't remember her staying there with all, with all the guys, unless there was a room all to itself that that she had that. 
she could barricade off from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there, but there were a lot of good times in those early years. It was, man. A lot of fun, you know. Uh, you had, you uh, did some uh, solos then, too, within the show. You were featured on, on a couple different songs. Uh, yeah, I, I found out that uh, Haunted House is on there. Somebody found Haunted House and me doing that. Me and uh, Jake the Snake, he was the monster. You uh-huh. know? And, yeah, uh, that's up on, on YouTube. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. You know, I saw that for the first time uh, about a year ago. Just moved in my new house a day. The moon was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing the chain and ran out. Knew I'd moved in a haunted house. Still, I made up in my mind to stay. Nothing was going to drive me away. Well, I bought this house, and you know I'm lost. And ain't no hand gonna run me off. Then I seen something that didn't give me the creeps. That one big guy had two big feet. Let him know feet that sound like a drum. Hey, don't you be here when the morning comes. Will I sit right still and I did the freeze? Then he did the show right up to me. Then he said to me, now you better run. Be here when the morning comes. See, yes, I'll be here when the morning comes. Well, I'll be right here, ain't I gonna run? Well, I bought this house, and you know I'm lost. And ain't no hand gonna run me off. In the kitchen, my stove was a blazing hot. Well, the coffee was boiling in the oven. And don't you be here when the morning comes. See, yes, I'll be here when the morning comes. Well, I'll be right here in the morning. Well, I bought this house and you know I'm lost. Ain't no hand gonna run me off. See, yes, I'll be here when the morning comes. Well, I'll be right here in the morning. I guess I did an all right job on that. It was you, fun. You did. Did you sing anything else? Did you sing any other songs? Have any other solos, or was it just haunted house? I'm, I remember I used to do uh, that Buddy Holly thing uh, that uh, Bill Gaines used to do uh-huh. when we had the uh, the blackout. We did the Buddy Holly black. What we called yeah. the Buddy Holly blackout. Yeah, yeah. So you did the Buddy Holly for a while. I yeah. Mean, okay. I didn't. 
I did. I did Mr. Custer. Please, Mr. Custer. Okay. Did that. You sang Custer? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And then Bill sang what? Running Bear? Yes. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we would we would have Mr. Custer and Running Bear would kind of go together. Yeah. And then with Haunted House, we put that with Monster Mash. Keith Holmes did that. <laughs> uh, laughing about it. He did that. Hello, Mother. Hello, Father. Here I am. Camp Granada. Camp Granada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would come out dressed up like a Boy Scout. Man, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I laughed so hard I had tears in my eyes. We, we actually have some footage of that. Yeah, uh, that was was taken in the Beverly from the Beverly Hills. Really? Yes. And uh, we just kind of found that by accident. I've told I've told the story several times, so I won't tell it again. Uh, well, maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I should. Yeah, because uh, I was walking out in Vegas because I hadn't told you the story, and we lost that footage from that filming we did. And uh, I was in Vegas. I was walking in front of a strip mall, and this guy comes running out, taps me on the shoulder, and says, so "You Come must here. be Duke." No, he just goes, come here. I need to show you something. And I'm thinking, what's this? And he was very cryptic about it. He says, everything's okay. Come here. I just want to show you something. All of you come back here. He took me to the back office, put in this tape, and it was all the footage we had from the Beverly Hills. Wow, man. And then the guy sent it to me. He got me copies of all of it and sent it to me. And I wish I could remember the guy's name. I can't find the, the paperwork from when he sent it, but it was just out of the blue. We were playing either the Four Queens or Riviera or something. We just happened to be out walking, mm. and uh, and the guy found me. So we got that footage, and that's some really good footage. Oh yeah, because it was professional cameras we did to do that, and uh, and then it's got good shots of the band doing the choreography and and how everything just all came together. And of course, that was a beautiful stage. Yeah. How many uh, how many different uh, albums were you on with us? I did two with y'all and one with Spider. Okay. So uh, you were on then the live one? Myron Beverly Hills of Myron and the Vandells? Uh-huh. And then we did the Vandell. Uh-huh. Uh, rock, rock, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were still on when we did the exit in or not. No, I think I'd already left. So uh, when you uh, left the Vandells, what did you go on to do? I think I came back Florida. Did you play? You played with Spider though for a while, didn't you? Yeah. Did you go with him right after you left us? Yeah. Did did you leave? Did you didn't leave when Doug left though? Did you? No. You left a few years after that. No. Yeah. I played with Doug for about a year. I think that's a good show. He had a good show. Good band. Real Uh good. Real good musicians. Nothing wrong with that band either. Well, Doug, Doug knew how to put a show together. Yeah. I mean, he was very instrumental in uh, in teaching me, you know, a lot of show stuff, because uh, he taught me all the way down to my first show in the van. We uh, we learned shows and song, actually songs. Now you singers were just absolutely great, man. Every one of you had your own different way. Everything. Spider come out and do that knack and knife with the street lamp and all. That's theatrical. Yeah. Moves come out, do Elvis, that's theatrical. Steve Ricks is one of the most talented people I ever worked with in my life. Yeah. He could go from the clown to the king <laughs> and snap your fingers. Yeah, to see that transition was amazing. Yeah. He, was, he was a total package. He was tall, 
dark haired, good looking man, lady killer. He 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 was a total package. He had it all. Yeah. I would look up there and say, Well, I know he's not else, but you know, he could be. <laughs> you know? That's how good he was. All y'all. All the things you did, Dukerville and everything. You still you still doing the Dukerville. Yeah. How many times have you done the Dukerville? I, I don't know. We took a hiatus for a while. We we pulled it out for a while. Because I got to actually where I couldn't fit in the one suit. <laughs> so we had to get a new suit. So made, then say, I lost weight to fit back into it. Would you say you've probably done the Dukerville uh couple hundred thousand times oh at least at least maybe yeah. maybe a half a million to a million because yeah, i mean well shoot we work six nights a week yeah. and we do it every night yeah and then uh then when we started doing the fairs and stuff you know why we do it mm-hmm. and of course we had a lot of fun with it through the years too sometimes it wouldn't come off just the way we thought it was going to i've been in uh two professional organizations that was Number one, United States Marines, and number two, with the Vandals. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, that's yeah. Like I said, that's pretty strong. But that was a strong act, man. You know, like I said, you know, we were kind of like Marines. We'd step on that stage, and we had a mission, and we did it and accomplished it well. Uh huh. We kind of skipped over the the split there. Were you coming back to that or? Go ahead. What you, what question do you have on it? Uh, just just how it happened and what happened, and because you were in Myron in the Vandells, mm-hmm. and then you were you basically put the new band together for the Vandells, and do you guys want to tell the story about what happened there? Well, when we uh, when Steve got sick, uh, we were in uh, Panama City Beach, and uh, we had to take some time off because he was going to be be out for like six weeks or something like that. And uh, the singers went down to Florida to work on some songs. And and uh, I think we were working on the platters medley and stuff. I think we had recordings that uh, we had from the band from rehearsals so that we could take the recordings and learn them. And then the band all went, I guess, back to Jacksonville. And then if you want to pick up the story from there on what, what happened with that, we can then elaborate. Well, we came back to Jacksonville and... Uh was at practice one night, and Myron told me that I was fired. I said, oh, okay. He said, we've got somebody to take your place. I said, okay. So I left, and I went home, and I called, I think I called Moose, first person I called, and told him what happened. Moose says, you're not fired. I said, but Myron said, I'm fired. He said, you're not fired, okay. And then y'all pick it up from there, you know. Yeah, we uh, we had talked about it, and we thought, well, we're keeping you. And how what what was happening at that time? And it's it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, you know, because uh, there's no animus involved in it. It was just business stuff, basically. We were trying to keep things alive, and management came to us and told us that uh, we needed to change things up. And when I joined the group. And Myron and I had this conversation uh, uh, with his podcast. So when you hear that, you'll get to hear more of this stuff. Uh, but uh, everything was on an equal footing. Everybody in the band was equal. Everybody had a say in it. We all had to get 10 people together to make any decision, which that's really difficult to do. 
And Babe was really the first really good agent that we had that saw the business aspect of it and how things needed to be run. So he told us he was only going to going to work with the four singers and that everything had to go through us and we would discuss things with the band and then that's how things were going to go. And he was only going to work with one person, even in the singers. So that was Doug. Doug was kind of running things when I, when I uh, got in the group. So that's kind of how the chain went. It went babe to Doug, Doug to the, to the rest of us. And then, then we'd meet with the band and then decisions were going to be made that way. So everybody really didn't have an unequal vote. With the singers, we had four votes and then Babe was the tiebreaker. So since we were having him as our agent manager, uh, and he was more of a manager to us probably than anybody, because uh, we can't, it's tough for us to be managed. But we made the decision that it was, uh, that uh, we didn't want them to let you go. We, uh, we wanted you to stay with us and they, you know, since we were supposed to be making decisions, they couldn't make that decision to let you go. So when you called us, we uh, had a meeting and, and said, you said you wanted to stay. And they said, well, if you were staying, they were going. And uh, the rest is history. We had you, we stuck with you and uh, turned out to be a really good decision because you found, you found the nucleus of the Vandells that everybody remembers. I appreciate that. Every, everybody that came in that group was pretty much an icon. Yeah. You know, within the group, even though some of them weren't here very long. Uh, Daddy was, I think he said about 18 months and Tex was about the same thing. But yet people still remember both of those guys. Yeah. And they remember Jake, they remember Boomer, uh, Smitty, Fingers, Daddy, you know, yeah. you, you know, every, everybody uh, uh, remembers that because that was how people got to know us. Yeah. And we were that way for almost two years. Well, the secret ingredients to the Vandals was the music. Yeah. Everybody loves 50s and 60s rock and roll till today, and it will never die. So music was the secret weapon, but you singers were the theatrical part of it. Like I said earlier, we wasn't just a band. We were a musical play. You know, yeah. people had to sit and watch us. There was no dancing allowed when we played. Yeah. Yeah, that, when we first had to make that transition, it was hard for us. That was just prior to you coming in. But once we did it, well, there was no going back. We didn't want to be a dance band again after yeah. that. And then we concentrated on the show aspect, and, and the characters just developed. It wasn't really a planned thing how it turned mm -hmm. out. And even everybody in the band kind of had a character themselves as well. Well, I've seen y'all. Because you, you, know, you had a you had a unique look with that, that hat you used to wear. Yeah, but we, I look at everybody else and they all got a character. I said, well, let me see. Now, what am I going to be, man? I got to be something, you know. And my name has always been Butch. You know that. So Spider says, we'll name you Butch Wax. That'll be a good name for you, Butch Wax. He said, you know what that is, don't you? I said, yeah, I know what Butch Wax is. I got a jar <laughs> sitting right over there, you know. For those of you who don't know what butch wax is, you're uh, too, too young to know. That was a hair cream. Hair cream. And it, it was kind of like Crisco. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wore flat tops, and you put your butch wax in there and comb it straight up. And it would stay there. It would stay there. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I decided to be Butch Wax, only I was going to be like Red Fox. I said, well, I want to have two X's in my name. <laughs> <laughs> and it stuck. And it stuck. I think you, you told me a story uh, when I met you at the first reunion. You had said that you found that hat that you always used to wear. You found it at OSU? Yeah, Ohio State University. Yeah. yeah. We was playing in the Columbus one time, and I went to a campus store there. Vandale colors are red and gray, right? Uh-huh. Like that hat. I still had that hat today. Still had it. But uh, I think I paid $8 for that hat at the Ohio State campus store, and it matched my character for it. That's it. I'm Butch Wax. This is my hat. I'm good to go. Yeah, and it was different because it was kind of a flat. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah. style's called. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what you'd call that style of hat, but it, yeah. But it was it was unique, yeah. and, it, and it made you stand yeah. out. I've got a character now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was it, uh, what, since you'd been gone quite a while before we had the reunion, what was it like coming back uh, to the reunions? Oh, it was great. Really great, man. Seeing all the fans and everybody and uh, all, all the musicians and everything that, you know, come and gone it was great man i had a great time well, we, were, we were glad to have you come back and uh, and the, the rehearsals were fun yeah uh just just as everybody would walk in it was fun to see the reactions of everybody everybody'd clap when they'd see somebody new or they'd yeah. finish their song and and uh it was it was a special event for us prior to even getting on stage yeah just just us together Again, and that that many people actually did come back was uh, that was an honor, you know. Too, like I say, I'll put the Vandale fans up against anybody. They we've had loyal fans. Well, you saw yeah. a lot of the people you remembered, yeah, from the the years with the Vandells yeah. too when you came back, did you? Yeah, I did. Uh, is there anything we didn't talk about that you might that you want to bring up or uh, any any memories you want to throw out from being with the with the band? I just had a great time, and uh, I'm humbled and honored to have been a part of it. Well, I want to thank you, Butch, for everything you did for the Vandells and with the Vandells, and, and thank you for your time today to sit down with us and, and talk about some of the old stories and how it was. I know the fans are going to love it. It's my pleasure, Duke. It's great to see you guys. And Casey, I'm real proud of you, buddy. Oh, thank you. Yep. How old are you now? Uh, 34. 34? My goodness. <laughs> well, how old are your kids now? My kids are uh, 55, 53, and 43. Wow. How I've many got, grandkids you got? I've got eight grandkids, and I've got uh, five great-grandkids. Are you doing anything now? Are you just Are you just pretty much retired? I'm pretty much retired. What you're looking at is what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've, we've been able to keep things moving from doing the podcast. So otherwise, they, I'd be sitting at home probably too. So, Hats off to you, Duke, for keeping the Vandales going, man. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's been a lifelong project, but it's been fun. It's been a – I, 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 I love it. I love doing it. Yeah, you should have been the leader all along. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Well, thanks for listening today, and uh, – We'll catch you down the road. Well, I hope you enjoyed that today, the interview with Butch. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to reconnect with him. Uh, we had a little trouble making it happen to begin with. We weren't sure if we were going to get to do it. 
but uh, we weren't sure about location and everything either, were we, Casey? No, we. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into any of that, but <laughs> first time we were into that situation, we were on the road, and we weren't sure we had a place to do it. Yeah, and uh, and we finally got it all figured out and it worked out, so we ended up doing it at uh, uh, where Butch lives. But uh, it was really interesting. Uh, afterwards, he called me, and he remembered a lot, a few other stories. And this has happened, uh, you know, with some of the other guys as well, where uh, after the after we do the podcast, you'll start you'll start thinking about things. And then all of a sudden you remember, I wish I'd have told that story. And uh, one of the things Butch uh, called me about, he said that was really interesting after he had left the group. Uh, he said he'd been out of the group for about five years and he said he didn't really realize what he had. And, and what the Vandals were until about five years after he left, he finally realized what this group had and the, you know, the quality and, and how, how big it really was. Yeah. And that, uh, he, he said that uh, really kind of took him aback when he realized that, but he also thought of a story too. Um, he was working on a construction site and he was talking to a guy or a, and the guy had a green and white sweatshirt on with a panther on it. So Bush asked him, he goes, are you from Delta? And the guy goes, yeah. And he was, he said, the guy was kind of flabbergasted. He says, how do you know where Delta is? And so Bush was telling him that, well, actually the Vandells had played a concert at Delta high school. Cause we actually did that in 1974. And uh, he mentioned Doug and me and the guy remembered us. He knew who we were. So that, that uh, was a story that Butch said he wished he'd have mentioned in the uh, in the podcast. So I thought I'd share it with you now, since he called and told me that. Yeah, it's a it's a small world, you know. You don't you don't think about those things, but then you know you can be hundreds of miles away and run into somebody, and all of that's because of the band, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty amazing. Well, we want to thank you for listening today, and uh, hope you enjoyed the the interview, and we'll. Catch you later. Thank you for joining me today for the Vandell Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you down the road. I hate to leave you.